Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. All right, I'm going to start reading there at Genesis chapter 1. You're going to need your Bible, your notepads, and all that stuff today because I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures. You're going to have to take a lot of notes. And I talk fast, so you're going to have to listen fast today because i got a lot to share. And uh, what I don't finish this Sunday, we'll finish next Sunday. What I don't finish that Sunday, we'll finish the next Sunday. But we'll keep on going until God says it's enough. Amen? Is that good? No, it's going to be a little bit different, but can you handle it? You'll be all right with it? You'll be all right if I don't spit and preach and all that other stuff? Are you all all right with that? I want to make sure you're okay. All right, I want to make sure you're all right. All right, let's do this thing. This is going to be really cool. Somebody say, in the beginning. In the beginning, God. Somebody shout, God. Notice what it does not say. It does not say, in the beginning, Allah. It does not say, in the beginning, sun, yon, moon. It does not say, in the beginning, Muhammad. It says, in the beginning, Elohim. In the beginning, God. Somebody say, in the beginning? If God was not there, there could not have been a beginning. The scripture transposes that God had to be there because without him there could not have been a beginning. And there could not have been a beginning without a God who is a creator. Therefore, since it did say God and didn't say Muhammad or Allah or Sun Yun Moon, then therefore Allah, Sun Yun Moon, and Muhammad is not the creator. then everything after what was created then can't proclaim to be God. Being that Muhammad was created. Since Muhammad was created, he couldn't be the creator. Are you with me here? I don't want to go too far over anybody's head. I want to be right here so that we're all on the same page. In the beginning, God. Somebody say in the beginning. God created. He created. He did something. He was intentional about what he did. I'm going to come back to that word because that is an amazing word because a lot of people get created and make mixed up, and they're not the same word. God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form. In other words, God created something. It was something that was perfect. It was something that was decent. It was something that was organized, and that something, something happened to it in verses 2 because it said the earth became, that word is the same word, became without form and void. So it was something that was decent became something that it was not. So something must have happened in between the time God created something that was decent to the time that something became evil. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, too. It said it became formless and void and darkness was on the face of the deep, which is the sea. And the spirit of God moved over the face of the deep. Boy, isn't it something that you don't have to have anything going on in your life for God to move upon you? It was formless. It was dark. It was void. There was nothing going on. No activity. There was no life going on. And the Spirit of God moved. (laughs) Kind of like when there was nothing going on in your life. But he moved upon your heart. Glory to God. There's a law in the scriptures called the law first mentioned that the first time something is mentioned in scripture that it will give you a fundamental example of what that thing is going to do throughout all of scripture. So the first time the spirit of God is mentioned in the scriptures is mentioned being a moving spirit. 
So when the spirit of God gets into anything, it becomes, it transcends that thing and it becomes greater. Because when the spirit of God gets into the wind, it becomes a, a mighty rushing wind. When it gets into the water, it becomes rivers of living water. When the spirit of God gets inside of a man, you were unrighteous and you became something that was righteous. Something that had never, ever been before. Somebody say the spirit moved. Somebody say, spirit, move upon me right now. The spirit was moving then and the spirit is moving now. It does not matter what's going on in society. The spirit is still moving. Then God said, so after the spirit moved, God spoke something. He said something. He didn't sit back and watch anything. He said he spoke something into existence. He said, let there be light. And there was light. Can we go to another scripture? Can we turn to John 1? John 1? Somebody say in the beginning. John 1. Now, you're going to learn a lot about the Bible today. So if you don't have a Bible, raise your hand. Who don't have a Bible? Okay, let's get him a Bible, please. Let's get, let's get, let's get him a Bible. Because you got to see what I'm preaching is in the Bible. This is a word-teaching church, so you got to have a Bible. I'm not, I'm not teaching out of my head. I'm teaching straight from the Scriptures, and you need to see this. And this is the type of preaching that we are, all churches are going to be getting to. John 1. When you get there, say, I have it. So John 1, somebody say in the beginning. Isn't it amazing that Genesis 1 and John 1 say the same thing? It says, in the beginning. Now, in the beginning, in the book of Genesis, it said, in the beginning, God, right? So now, in the book of John, it says, in the beginning was the word. So apparently, the word must have been with God. Well, we can just keep reading, and it tells us that. So let's, let's, let's finish reading. It said, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. So when was the word with God? Go back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. The word was with God when? In the beginning. So apparently, if God is the creator and the word was with God, the word must be the creator. Because if we go back, it said, and God said. So God spoke something, which was the word. Because the word was with God. And not only that, we, it goes on to say that the word We're just reading it straight from the word, right? He was in the beginning with God. When? Genesis 1-1. Notice something here, saints of God. This is so cool of getting hot. <laughs> Notice something here. Do you see it right there in verse 2? Notice it said, he, not it. Because the Jehovah's Witnesses want you to think that the, the Holy Spirit is an active force. He don't see, they don't see the Holy Spirit as a person. Even though in their Bible it says he. So you don't, it's not a pronoun when it's an active force. It's like electricity. Electricity is one of those things that, you know what, is out there on that pole. You have to respect it. <laughs> right, Sam, Sam work a little bit with electricity too. You have to respect electricity, right? If you don't respect it, it will get your attention. The Holy Spirit has to be respected too. And the Holy Spirit has a way 
of getting your attention. Somebody say, in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Through who? The Word. Because God said something. He spoke a word. Here's the word he spoke. We're talking about the word that God spoke. So the thing that God spoke when he said, let there be light, we're talking about the word that went forth now. Because without the word going forth, light cannot come. Is this making sense at all? All things were made through him and without him nothing thing was made that was made in him not in it in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shine in darkness what was that light it's the same light when God said in the beginning let there be light <laughs> so this light is still moving forth today law first mentioned when the spirit was moving then it's still moving today can we go to another scripture Drop down to verse 14 so we can find out what the word was. Now I want to know what the word was, right? If it's a he, what is the word? Verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. There is only one that's begotten of the Father, and his name is Jesus. Therefore, it's is, is not hard to understand that Jesus was not just a prophet who walked on the earth. Jesus is eternal. Jesus is not somebody that was with God. Jesus is God. He's not dead. He's alive. Notice what they said at the tomb. Who are you looking for? Jesus of Nazareth is not here. Why seek ye the living among the dead? He's not here. He's alive. He's gone. He went down first before he went up. Come on now. He descended so that he can preach to those who died before he came. He preached the gospel to them. Isn't it amazing that he preached himself to them? Isn't it amazing that he showed up and he said, I'm the one you've been talking about? All of those lambs that you were sacrificing, I'm the one that they represent. Everyone throughout the ages and eons, I am he that you did the sacrifices for. I'm Jesus. I came to save your soul. Wow. That means I don't have to go through this ritualistic stuff to be saved? I don't have to say Jesus, 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 Jesus to get saved? Some of y'all might not know what I'm talking about, but if you ever been to a church like that, you know what I'm saying, right? You had to say Jesus 10,000 times and you foaming at the mouth before you get saved. I don't understand that either. I, I who can relate to what I just said? Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Mm -hmm. Sitting at that altar, you're talking about Jesus, 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 Jesus. <laughs> you're begging for it, boy. Man, when I read the Bible, when it said all I had to do was ask, I was like, man, I felt robbed. <laughs> I said, rob me. All I had to do was ask Jesus in my heart, and that was it? <laughs> That's why it's so good to read the Bible for yourself. Where was I? Y'all got me off kilter here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Jesus is the Word. Jesus is God. Jesus is eternal. These are some facts. Can we go to another scripture? Can we go to 1 John now? 1 John chapter 1? Are you, you still following the Word with me? 
I like doing Sundays like this. This reminds me of Bible study. I love Bible study. All right, 1 John. 1 John, that's just before Revelation. 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. I'm going to go ahead and start reading while you turn there. It says, that which was from the beginning. Somebody say the beginning. Which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes. Now, something amazing about this, this is Apostle John. This is St. John. This is John the Apostle. He's the youngest one of the whole group. He's the one that when you see the picture that was painted of the Last Supper, he's the one that had his head on Jesus' breast. Now, the skeptics and liberal theologians will make you want to believe that Apostle John was actually Mary Magdalene and that Jesus actually had a relationship with Mary and he actually had kids. I know y'all probably heard this, right? Well, if you haven't, you will. This is what the skeptics are saying. But they take the young face of John and the long hair of the Apostle John to be a female. So I got to ask you something when that painting was actually painted, I think it was somewhere around the 1600s, somewhere along in there. I'm not sure about the, the time when it was painted, but this is the question I always have to ask. The person who painted it wasn't there. How did he know, the skeptics, how did they know it was Mary if they weren't there? Because I can prove to you that it was not Mary based on the scriptures. Because the scriptures declare that John was the one that laid his head on the breast of Jesus. Because Jesus had declared, one of you will betray me. And all of them got scared. Because them brothers started looking at each other like, is it, is it our Lord? Because at that point, they were like, man, Jesus knows a whole lot more than we know about ourselves. So if Jesus says one of us is going to betray him, it's going to be one of us. And so they said, is it I? Is, is, is it I, Lord? Or am I going to betray you? And so, you know, John was a young one. He was not, not very smart. So they convinced John to lay his head on the breast of Jesus to try to figure out who it was going to be. And we all know who that was. It was Judas. Right? So this is the Apostle John who wrote the first, second, and third John, but who also wrote the book of John. Still got it? Amen. Good. I love teaching like this. I'm, thank you for that liberality. So this is Apostle John. And Apostle John says uh, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. So the Apostle John now is saying the word that was in John 1.1 is Jesus, and we actually saw him. We actually talked with him. We actually had an opportunity to get to know him. We knew him as the word of God, but he was from the beginning. So what I am writing about is not what somebody else said. I am actually giving you an accurate account of what actually happened. I had a chance to hang out with God. That's quite an amazing statement to make. Could you imagine being there with Jesus? Uh, uh, uh. Uh, okay, I know some of y'all probably don't. Maybe just in reality, because you know he'll read your mail, right? There's a lot of people say, well, I just wish Jesus was here. No, you don't. 
No, you don't. The woman at the well didn't, didn't, didn't like Jesus too much because Jesus was reading her mail. He asked her, oh, well, 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 how many, how many husbands you, you got? <laughs> See, Jesus talk, talk about your stuff. She said, I've had five. He said, yeah, but what about that one you shacking up with? Well, y'all know shacking, that's ghetto, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me get a little politically correct. I know the one you was cohabitating with. So at that point, I'm sure she said, is, I got to get him off of me. So then she asked him about worship. Notice how we can kind of get things off the subject. When Jesus began to read your mail. Notice when Jesus reads your mail, when you're reading the word, you turn the TV on. Because you actually went to the word for somebody else to give somebody else the word, but then Jesus began to show you yourself. That, I guess that only happens to me. Yeah, yeah, it happens to you too. I go to, boy, I'm a, I got a scripture for them. I'm going to find this scripture for them. And boy, when I find I'm going to let them say, the, the Bible says. But boy, I tell you what, every time I go to the Word, and it's, it's, it's tearing me up. It's like, man, you're wicked heart. And then, man, you shouldn't be doing this. And you should be forgiven. I'm like, no, that's not what I need to see. I want to give them a, I want to I slap this Word on them. But no, Jesus is saying, no, no, I'm slapping this Word on you. You're the one need to be be slapped, right? Isn't that amazing how the word does that? Anybody ever read the word and did that to you before by a show of hands? Last night, see? The word is amazing. If you get into it, it will get into you. Amen? So Apostle John is coming here and saying, you know what? We, had, we, had, we actually hung out with Jesus. We was with him. The life, verse 2, the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness, and we declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So there's no ambiguity here, guys. God and Jesus are the same. They were both in the beginning, but there was another entity in the beginning too because the Bible said, and the Spirit of God moved. So it was God the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit in the beginning. All working together, the triune God. He's God, the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. They are three, but they are one. Isn't that amazing? You seeing that with me? That was pretty cool that I saw that. I hope it's pretty cool to you. Can I go to another scripture? Are you sure? All right, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. This is what we're going to do all morning. <laughs> we're just going to walk through this word. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33. Love hearing pages turn. This is talking about order in the church, but I'm actually going to be talking about order in your life. Because this is 1 Corinthians chapter 14, you know, he's talking about how we should act in the church and we shouldn't be, you know, doing certain things in the church that are out of order. Prophet lying in the church. Top heavy with titles and can't even... Introduce yourself without a title. Just all out of order. Just different stuff like this. And this is Apostle Paul bringing some edification to the body of Christ on that everything should be done correctly. And Apostle Paul in verse 33 says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. So, so he is a God 
of order. So let's go back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. The opening sentence of the Bible, it repudiates atheism because it presupposes the existence of God. Because it said, in the beginning, God. So atheism, we can throw that out because God was there in the beginning because atheists don't believe that God exists. And even though they don't believe that God exists, they spend a lot of energy trying to prove that he doesn't. And if something didn't exist, why you spend a whole lot of time trying to say that it doesn't? If it doesn't exist, it just does not exist. Leave us alone. If, if, if we just don't have any kind of power whatsoever, why are they always attacking us as Christians? Why are they always attacking the cross, the symbol, if there is no power to the cross? Well, we already know that there's power in the name and there's power in the cross of Jesus Christ. They have no choice but to come against the cross because they are at enmity with God. So that's interesting that atheists are always coming against the church, but if God doesn't exist, why, why, why spend energy on it? Hello, that, ask the next atheist that come to you and say, well, God doesn't exist. Or, well, why are you just trying to tell me that he doesn't? Why, why are you wasting your time with me on something that doesn't exist? Hello, somebody. I'm trying to help you. That's how I talk to them. And they tell me, well, there are no absolutes, John. What, what you're coming from then means that there are absolutes. I say, I believe in absolute truth. I do, because Jesus is absolute. God is absolute. It was God who absolutely created the heavens and the earth. It is absolute. So when they come to me and say, no, I don't believe in absolute truth, I ask them, are you absolutely sure? And if they say yes, that's an absolute. I thought it didn't exist. And then you go on and eat your lunch. <laughs> and let them ponder on that so that you can see how fatally flawed their belief system is. That beginning sentence also refutes materialism, for it is distinguishable between God and his material. It said God created. So God is separate from what he created. So I don't believe in materialism. Materialism and people who believe in that believes that when we die, we just cease to exist. We just go back to dust. Materialism. Do you believe that? I know we came from dust, but this is the, this is the one thing that those who don't believe don't understand. God created the man from the dust, but he blew in the dust his spirit. See, the spirit was there before the dust. So when the dust is gone, guess what's left? Boom, you go to be with God. Amen. Why? Because that's where you came from. You can just read Ephesians chapter 1, the whole chapter, to explain that a little bit more detail than what I'm talking about right now. But do that at homework, with some homework, okay? I might even go to that before we leave today. Are you seeing this with me here? It abolishes pantheism, for it necessitates a personal God. See, pantheism... Y'all know what pantheism is, right? Pantheism, God is in all. That means God is in this chair, pan, all. He's in this chair. He's in the cows. He's in the crickets. He's chirp. He's don't kill that cow. That's where I believe the term holy cow came from. I think. I can't prove it. But pantheism believes God is in everything. That's why they don't, they don't, they don't hurt animals. You know, and that's a good thing not to hurt animals, unless it's a snake or a spider. Yeah, the only 
Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, I'm a big boy, but snakes and I just, because I think about the serpent in the garden. <laughs> snakes need, the only good snake is a dead one. I don't do snakes. I, I don't. I don't know. Y'all might like handling snakes, but I don't do snakes. And what gets me is people who have snakes as pets. See, a, a snake is a snake. You, you can't change the nature of a snake. You can pet it. You can feed it. It's a snake. It's like the story. Let me tell you the story. It's like the story of the frog and the scorpion. You ever heard this story before? There's a frog and a scorpion. The scorpion had to get across this river, but he couldn't swim. So he saw a fellow frog over there, and he got to striking up this conversation. He said, look, I need to get across this river. Can I catch a ride on your back? And the frog looked at him and said, you surely must be crazy. He said, because if I give you a ride, you're going to stick me. And I am going to die. And so the scorpion says, then if I do that, then we both shall surely die because I cannot swim. So the frog reasoned in himself that maybe I can give him a ride because this scorpion wants to live just as much as I do. So the frog said, sure, come on. So they're going across the river. About halfway across, the frog says, mm, surely you didn't just do what I think you did. And the scorpion said, yes, I did. He said, but you said that you needed to get across the river. Why would you do something like that? So the scorpion's response was classic. He said, I did not want to do it, but it was in my nature to do it. See, when you're not saved, you may not want to drink or smoke that crack, but it's in your nature to do so. Why? Because your nature hadn't been changed yet. Even though the scorpion lost his life too, it didn't matter because he did what his nature wanted to do. And there are people in the world right now following their natures, knowing they're going to die and go to hell, but they still do what their natures tell them to do. A snake is a snake. I said that in my granddaddy's voice right there. Boy, I'm sorry about that. It's a snake. Amen. In the beginning, are we ready to go back to that? Actually, the original writings, it didn't have the word the there. They put the word the there to make it more readable. But actually, in the original writings, it said in beginning. In beginning. So it's the Hebrew word. Y'all ready for it? Y'all ready to write it? Okay, it's a Hebrew word. And you got to be careful with this word because if you're not careful, you're going to say something else. It's the word reshit. T-H on the end. T-H, reshith, the, right? Got it? Because if you say it too fast, the kids in the house are going to say, Mama, why are you around here cussing? <laughs> Comes from the Greek, Greek word, bereshith. And that word means first, choice, birth, 
origin. In beginning. God, El, Elohim. El signifies a strong God. El is plural. Signifying that he was God, but he was also the Son and the Holy Spirit. El Elohim. Elohim also means he was preexistent, all-sufficient, omniscient, omnipotent, and infinite. You catch those? You wrote those real fast, didn't you? He is to be distinguished from all other gods. And so I, I'm going to give you these scriptures here, and I'm going to share them with you, because what I'm trying to, to lay a backdrop for you is everything in the Word of God is confirmed. And if you study the Bible, it will show you what's true. So this God, Elohim, God the Father, the Creator, is distinguished from all other gods. And let me give you some scripture on this. I'm going to read them, but I'm going to give you the scriptures. It's Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 11. I hope you're learning something. Are you learning something today? Okay. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 11 says, These gods, little g, who did not make the heavens and the earth, it's very crystal clear that the gods with the little g did not create anything. They will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. Psalm 91 and 5 says, For all gods, little g, of the nations are idols, but the Lord, Yahweh, made the heavens. Isaiah chapter 46 verse 9 says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning. Scripture confirming Scripture. So all other gods with a little g, they were not the creator. Only the creator is the one who can proclaim who he is. Only the creator can do that. Now, this is going to make a whole lot of sense later on when we get to the part where it said God made them male and female. See, I'm just trying to lay a strong foundation first for what happened in the beginning. And what God set in order. And what is in order is always in order the way God said it because he's the one that created it. Man can't change what the creator created. That's why it's important that I go slow on this part or you're going to miss the second part. See, we must understand first what happened in the beginning when man was not there. And if man was not there, and if man didn't create the original marriage, man can't change it. It was in the beginning before man. And man was created. So he can't recreate what God already created. Come on, somebody. Y'all didn't know I was going there, did you? Oh, yeah, I'm going there. Oh, yeah, they can write a new law, but they can't stop me from preaching. Why? Because I know the whole Constitution. It's called freedom of speech. <laughs> I got them. <laughs> and there's another one in there that says free religion, right? So they can change that law, but they can't change the whole Constitution. It's still free speech for now. <laughs> but even if that changes... I'm still preaching because it's still true. Are you here with me? Is this making sense? Okay, again, I'm just walking through the word a little bit. I hope this is okay. I know it's foreign. I know it's different for a Sunday morning. I know it. I realize that. But I hope you're receiving something from this. 
because I ain't going to change. It's going to be the same next Sunday. Okay, so I got to give me about five minutes. I'm going to give you this, and then we're going to pray, and we're out of here. You, uh, got, you give me a little bit more? Okay. All right. So God is the originator. He's the divine architect. So go back to the beginning. It said, in the beginning, God created. Somebody say created. Somebody say he created. Now, there, there, that word created is not to be confused with the word make. Now, if you stay in chapter 1 and go down maybe verse 26, it says something like this. It, it says, and, 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 well, let's just go there. All right, I'm sorry. I, I was just going to tell you, but if we might as well, since we got Bibles, we can go there and read it, right? So chapter 1, verse 26, and it said, then God said, let us make, let us make, not let me make, let us make. Well, who's the us? God the Father, Jesus, Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He said, let us, the triune God, let us make. Now, make is not create. Make is different than create. The word create, when you look up the Hebrew word for create, it means to create something from nothing. <laughs> see, see, I got to say that part. Because when you start looking at the cosmos and you start listening to these secular humanists who try to shove this crap down our kids' throat talking about macroevolution, macroevolution says something came from nothing. Big Bang. Well, how can something come from nothing? That's crazy. That's evolution. But God is the creator. So God is something who created something out of nothing. Now, I choose to believe that God, who is the creator, is able to create something from nothing. Then man can create nothing from something. I'm just saying. That's evolution. Evolution even defies science. Third law of thermodynamics, entropy, means that if anything remains at rest long enough, it would destroy itself. So in other words, uh, okay, let me give you an, a, a natural example of a spiritual reality here. Uh, I, I, um, I haven't driven one, but I would love to sit in one, and it's a Bentley. And I don't know, I've seen Bentleys in the town. I've seen them driving them, and they look nice, <laughs> super-duperly nice. So I've never driven one. I, if I had one, it would match me. That means I give value to the Bentley, not the other way around. Riddle me this, Batman. Let me give you this. That same $160,000 car, if you take that beautiful car that you sit in and the leather smells so good, you take that car, you park it in that parking lot, and you don't touch it, and you just let it sit there. That car, the windows can be up, sealed. You come back 20, 30, 40 years. The tires are going to be rotten. Everything on the inside is going to be dusty and tore up. Chaotic. The, the electrical wiring going to be messed up. Why? Because any science, anything left to itself too long will destroy itself. Entropy. That's science. So 
if we came from dirty water, dirty water was left alone. How can dirty water create a tadpole? When science says it will destroy itself because it's left alone. So a rock cannot create a brain. Materialism. Big bang. How can a meteor create a brain? When the doctors can't even figure it out. Does this even make sense? This, this is crazy, isn't it? But this is what you're dealing with in the world today. This is what's in the textbooks. And they're saying that we, we swing from our tails like monkeys. Now, we might like act like we swing from our tails sometimes, but that's different. So here, here's another one for you. We have come from chimpanzees, the humans, right? Y'all remember seeing the pictures? They, 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 they walk in, and then they upright in one generation, and they talking like, you know, y'all seen the pictures, right? That's what I was taught. I just thought I came from monkeys because I acted like one back then. But that's not true. So maybe, maybe the reason that our DNA is closely related is because we got the same creator. Not because we came from them. This making sense at all? I'm trying to help you out with some truth. Because the truth is the only thing that's going to set you free. See, I can answer every question to the atheist because it's right here in the word of God. And I don't even have to leave the book of Genesis. I can actually stay in Genesis 1-1 and answer all of their questions. And you can too. You don't have to know scripture. You just need to know God. And when you know him, he'll take you to the right scripture. He said, I will give you wisdom and a mouth that not even your enemies or any of those that your gangsayers will be able to resist you. He said, I'll put it in your mouth. And you'll know how to respond to the skeptics. So create means to create something from nothing. The word make means to create something that was already existing. So when he said, let us make man, he made man from what he had already created. You guys getting this? I think I better stop right there because y'all feel like your head's about to explode. It, okay, I hope this was okay because I got a lot more. <laughs> I mean, this thing just goes on and on and on that God is revealing about what took place in the beginning. Because if you don't understand what took place then, you're not going to understand what's getting ready to take place next. So I got to lay this strong foundation about the beginning so then we can talk about the end. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.